So now we're going to supply Ukraine with some more weaponry. And I want to be clear that I have been fine with supplying Ukraine weaponry. The question before us is how long does this go on? Weaponry is different than another $40 billion and another $40 billion and who knows what else is getting sent out there. What kind of money we're talking about next? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. But is it better to send the money than to have to send troops? Well, Tony, we don't have to send troops. Well, do we send the money to further destabilize Russia? And therefore, there's an opportunity not only for the people of Ukraine and Ukraine as a nation to get better. It's better off for Europe and uh, gets them more aligned with the United States for the oncoming threat that is China economically and militarily. And what happens with Russia? And most importantly, when does this end? Is Ukraine, as you have World Economic Forum leaders uh, discussing, going to have to give up the Donbass or some other areas? Major Mike Lyons joins us right now, military analyst, West Point graduate. And let's start with this with this package uh, that's going down, these medium-range rocket systems that are being sent uh, to Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine's been wanting these things. Uh, they're trying to keep uh, the Russians from advancing in the Donbas, which is the only area that, does, that doesn't seem to be working well for Ukraine. It's part of a $700 million tranche of security assistance out of the $40 billion. What are they getting? What is it going to do? And is it going to make a difference? Good morning, Tony. So they are adding MLRS rocket systems, uh, something that was introduced first in Desert Storm, and then something called HEMARS, which is the, the high mobility uh, artillery rocket systems. And this will allow the Ukraine military to have greater range, up to, let's say, 50 miles of, uh, of shooting capability. But more importantly, survivability in that uh, these systems are self-contained. These are really delivery platforms that deliver different kinds of munitions. And the kind of munitions we're going to give them is going to give them about 50 miles of range to fire with. But they're able to set up quickly, um, take uh, a target from a drone, take it from someplace, fire a volley of rounds on it, uh, highly lethal, highly precise, and then move before a counter-battery comes back uh, against it. So that's that's the advantage they have. I, I think, you know, they've got to get there. There's a lot of, lots of logistics to going on here. You know, we have provided over 90 of the, of the tube artillery howitzers, but it's proving out that those are not uh, have, don't have enough range. Uh, they're about, let's say, a third of the, of the range that these artillery weapons provide, and the Russians are able to, to counter-battery them pretty quickly. I, I'm not sure they're going to make that big a difference. They still have to get to the battlefield, and the Russians are concentrating all their efforts right now in the Donbass region, and they're having success. I mean, this is the hard reality of what's happening is that Ukraine is is retreating in certain areas, unfortunately, uh, because they just don't have the man and material to fight what's going on there. Well, that's just it. They don't have the man and material. And even if they have the material, they may not have the manpower. You've got Zelensky uh, saying in an interview he did with Newsmax that the country is losing as many as 100 soldiers a day. Mm -hmm. And this is all about the Donbass. The the conversation of giving up the Donbass has been going on now for a month and a half, uh, two months. This is the east, the area in southeastern uh, Ukraine. It's Donetsk and Luhansk. And and it was Mm -hmm. the areas that Russia first put uh, troops into saying they were peacekeeping troops because these were separatist regions these are the areas that are already uh more aligned in terms of uh russian culture russian speaking etc is mm-hmm. is that the way out of all of this give up the donbass and 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 it's done is that a smart move what's what's the military take there no i, I well i don't think so i think it just gets down to whether you believe ukraine can win and they can hold off in certain areas there and it's it's sad frankly you have um, western 
leaders calling Vladimir Putin and asking him to stop and trying to get him and cutting some kind of deal that they don't have no power to, to do, uh, because who says uh, who says Ukraine is going to is going to allow Russia to take that area? And Zelensky's had said himself he wants to um, go back on the offensive. So we're in a, a, a position where the West has got to decide on whether it's going to really put together an, an economic statecraft and really isolate Russia economically, give them the weapons they need, Ukraine, and decide that they can win. And it just it does doesn't seem like that they're they're doing that right now, but Ukraine military has shown tremendous resilience, and it might be a situation where they do retreat. If you look at a map, there's a salient that there's like a bulge that exists um, in the Donbass region that somehow the Ukraine military continues to control. Um, and, 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 and we would suggest, from U.S. Army perspective, to probably retreat back and, and shore up that de- those defensive lines and defend in deeper places. Um, Severodonetsk is likely lost now, um, and the, the battle remains for Krimtorsk, which is again a little bit further to the west. And if these are areas that if the Russian military gets to, they're going to control most of that region. It, the question is whether or not they're going to the, the whether the Ukraine military wants to make that retreat and, and fight at a different location. It just remains to be seen. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army military analyst, both TV and radio. The United States has had a very, very two-pronged approach here, and I don't think it was um, uh, the the plan. I think it's just uh, the, the lack of what I would call, um, not attention to detail, but uh, w- what is it, uh, not common sense. There's a uh, a lack of willpower. I'm, I'm going to come to the word. I, always good to be in radio and not have the word. And you have at one moment. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to upset the Russians. We don't want to antagonize the Russians. We don't want to provoke the Russians. And then it's my God, this man Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. And it's the further sending of weaponry. But oh, we can't allow the Poles to send uh, the the MiGs over, even though the, the Ukrainians said they could fix them and fly those things. We can't send the MiGs and, and, and provoke, but oh, we can make sure that more javelins show up and we can get NATO to push more. As a matter of fact, we can get Sweden and Finland to join NATO here. So mm-hmm. whatever plan the United States had for not provoking, doesn't seem to be the plan they give a good holy you-know-what about right now. Or I shouldn't say the United States. I should say the Biden administration. I think that's much more apt. So Mm -hmm. what is the strategy right now if the United States has a desire for what happens in Ukraine and what happens with Russia? What is it? Well, well, first, we should be working back channel also with uh, France and Germany and as supportive of this initiative or not, if we're saying we're all in on this, because from a military perspective, it does give us an opportunity to destroy the Russian military in place in Ukraine as, as, as you know, real politic is as, as crazy as that sounds. That's what's happening in, on some level. So I, I think that 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 should be happening there. But um, but 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 then restricting what we give you the Ukraine military to me is is problematic. And for example, these are more or less firing platforms. What's the important thing is the ammunition that goes with them. And we're not giving them the really good ammunition that's going to allow them to really stand off and destroy uh, the Russian military without any kind of survivability because we're worried about a, a round firing off into Russia. And, and if 
you know, we don't trust the Ukraine military to, to do that, it, again, remains to be seen with me. Um, but, but also we're just fighting against time because Russia decides that they could reinforce in any of these places. And uh, it's still likely months, weeks before any of these systems get to that area. And we know there's artillery that has gotten to the Donbass and it's not been proven to be effective. Russia is winning the artillery world right now. The question is, we, sh- we should, if we were interested in doing this, we should have done this three or four months ago and, and shored up those defenses them, but uh, it might be too little too late. But uh, let's take a step back when you talk about too little uh, too late, because it doesn't seem to me like the United States or or NATO has any desire to see Ukraine fall in this. They see the opportunity for the destabilization of Putin and Putin's Russia. So Mm -hmm. I would argue that they're going to continue to be supportive until they get that result, because that's what they see. There's no other reason for Finland and Sweden to say, hey, we want to join NATO unless they see a totally destabilized Russia that Vladimir Putin does not have anywhere near the strength that was once thought. And his time on this earth, whether it be from some illness and who knows if that's real or just from a a conversation of the people voting for him or, or putting up with it seems to be coming to an end. So there that is is to me this 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 overriding that has been taking place. Now the question is what happens at that moment? What happens when it's no longer Vladimir Putin? Is is NATO, is Europe, is the United States is saying them as together and as separate entities prepared to work magic in Russia and bring some of those Russians into the fold? Or is this all going to end up under the control of the Chinese? And how worried is NATO about that? Yeah, I think that's a great point, and no one's talking about that. And uh, you know, we want to get rid of Vladimir Putin, thinking this is going to stop, but it could get a lot worse. And Russia likely becomes this vassal state of China anyway, just based on economics and where the world is going. And you know, that's the thing I look at on the NATO side. NATO has an opportunity to create a Marshall Plan. You know, to use that analogy back from the 50s and inside of Europe and rebuild Ukraine uh, and use the the NATO uh, alliance first and foremost, besides the European Union, to do that. And that's where Sweden and, and uh, Finland would be a you know, key part to that. But there's now a hard border there between East and West. Uh, the status quo is not the same. And the sooner we recognize that and the rest of Europe recognizes that, I think um, we'll, we'll all be better off. Um, and, and the next the next likely strategic pivoting is to China. And as they uh, encircle both Russia and India, which is a wild card in this, but India is now still on the side of China and, and Russia. So 3.5 billion people versus the rest of the world is really, again, how a military guy looks at this and how it's, how it's going to break down. Um, there's no guarantee that if Vladimir Putin is out there, to your point, that uh, the world is going to be any different. We're not going to get the status quo back. That, to me, is what the biggest problem is. I just think that Russia and, or I think France and Germany want to wake up and want things to go back to February 23rd, 2022, and everything is okay and it's just never going to go that way again. And it's never going to go that way again, so you got to deal with the reality, and the reality is you would have a lot of nuclear weapons that could fall in the hands uh, of China. They already have their their own supply. You have a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of uh, of rare earth minerals and, and, and other things that can go and fall into China's hands, and mm-hmm. there's nothing that says that China wouldn't decide to engage some level of advancement on Ukraine if they were able to just further make themselves and move themselves uh, westward. Is, is there anything that gives Ukraine a sense of comfort if Vladimir Putin falls and it's not Europe taking the lead in Russia's future? Well, first of all, let's, if the fighting stops and the, the, the destruction stops, that's that's a good thing on some level because Russia's military strategy scorched earth. I mean, that's the other thing that might not have been initially, but that's what it is now, that 
for they wanted to first take the country. I didn't think they wanted to destroy the infrastructure, but that's exactly what they're doing now. Mariupol and, and again, Siverdansk, which is a chemical area. They, there's a chemical plant there inside of Ukraine. Uh, and, and Russia doesn't have a very good track record of getting into these factories and uh, in not figuring out the occupational hazards of getting into, for example, up, up in, uh, in the nuclear plants that they've been in and, and they've, you know, firing bullets and they just don't have the same level of you know, comfort that they need to have in those areas. I think um, I think that if um, if Russia continues in the way they're going, they think they're winning. They think that they can continue to move down this path and and control the Donbass region. And maybe they declare a ceasefire if they take Severodonetsk in total. They have that land bridge. But if we allow that to happen, then you have an appeasement situation where it's they're eventually going to come back. Five or ten years later, they're eventually going to come back. Major Mike Lyons, a retired United States Army West Point graduate, military analyst. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.